and welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host Justin Baker and I are uh, back together in studio after a little bit of a uh, a social distancing hiatus. Feels good. Via Skype, even though it wasn't because we were trying to social distance. It's just because... You needed some time away. Yeah, I, just, <laughs> I needed a break. I needed, I needed my space. Um... <laughs> So on today's show, obviously the, uh, the the preliminary round is completed, and we now have an actual first round to talk about, and so uh, we are going to uh, give you some predictions for this first round as we uh, as we dive in. The first round will start when you're listening to this. It's going to start today. It's uh, it's Monday evening. We're recording this just before the draft lottery so we don't know the results of that but uh in the other show we're we're releasing we will know the results as you can go and and listen to that and we uh have the live recording of it is what will happen with it so go over listen to that subscribe to the show and with that said let's just jump right in we're going to start with the eastern conference start with the biggest underdog of the entire playoffs and that to me is the montreal canadians they were the 24th team out of 24 to make the playoffs. They beat the Pittsburgh Penguins in deciding fashion in four games, and they will take on the Philadelphia Flyers, who have yet to lose. It's going to be exciting. I, You know what? It's funny because you talk about powerhouses, right? I mean, you could have a potential like goaltender powerhouse type of matchup. I, I mean, obviously, you know, I don't think Carter or you know Carter Hart's on Carey Price's level yet, but you know he has that ability. I think, and um, well, they're kind of like Carey Price's, you know, definitely into the latter half of his career. But Carey Price was where Hart is right now, right? Like he was the the Canadian goaltender who was, you know, he was touted all throughout his career as a guy who was going to be a top goaltender, and here he is doing just that. It's almost like the. The student and the master. There you go. Yeah, love it. it. Uh, Bruce Lee and it, man. So, uh, (laughs) you know what? On the the flip side, though, you have the hottest team in the Philadelphia Flyers coming into this, a team that basically rolled through the end of the regular season, those last 20-ish some games, and just rolled through their opponents in the preliminary. It was like they didn't even take a break. Yeah. (laughs) It was fantastic. I remember, gosh, it was Couturier, and I can't remember who else was involved in it, but it was basically just like, he went down in the corner, stole the puck, poked it up, and immediately it goes cross ice, just east-west, so fast. One time in the net, it was just watching them just go tic-tac-toe. Like they had been doing this just nonstop for the last five weeks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the Flyers look good, and I, I think that you know, we, we talked about it before, that we said they have such a good mix of younger players and veterans that they they might be in a nice little sweet spot. This could be, you know, they kind of – they they – went through this make the playoffs miss the playoffs make the playoffs miss the playoffs and couldn't really get through uh and make much of a run and this year it looks like hey they've got a good opportunity because i mean let's face it montreal definitely surprised the pittsburgh penguins the penguins looked lackluster to say the least their offense just wasn't there for them and they i mean they also they jumped around between goaltenders there was just a lot of inconsistency for the the penguins and montreal took advantage of it and you know, when you have a top 10 defenseman like Shea Weber on your team. <laughs> You're going to uh, rub this one in for a while, I mean, it, it's the one thing that I have coming out of these qualifiers. Uh, I will eat crow on that one, though. I will say he, he showed up. He, he embarrassed my He was lips. phenomenal. Yeah. He was phenomenal. 
and between him and Carey Price, that was that was that. I mean, we we saw in a couple other series where defense won in these qualifiers outside of the Chicago Edmonton series. It was fairly low scoring. It was is definitely more much more defensive, and I I will be honest. I thought that offenses would be kind of like doing much better because a lot of times at the beginning of the regular season, we see, you know, tons more goals scored because the defenses in the system isn't in place yet. And you're kind of just letting guys go. And that just was not the case. Like teams were dialed in. Everyone was playing the best defensive hockey that some of these teams we've seen them play. And so, uh, it, it kind of shifted for me. I, honestly, the qualifiers as exciting as the idea was as, and as exciting as the, uh, the hype for it was like this crazy thing that's never happened before. I mean, one series went to five games and, and while that series certainly had moments, it was a boring series for the most part. Like it was pretty just snoozer. And then, Oh, oh some crazy stuff happens. And that was, that was kind of that Montreal Pittsburgh series. It was a lot of just neutral zone play. There wasn't a whole lot happening. Carey Price was was making good saves, but you know, Carey Price isn't a guy who makes highlight reel saves on a regular basis, right? Like he's just in such good positioning that it made the Penguins look like they they couldn't actually create any offense. Like nothing looked that hard for the for the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, and that's what great goaltenders do. They make it look easy, right? You don't have to be sprawling everywhere and doing a hundred flips. Gosh, I remember what was. Why it were there? you always doing a hundred flips? Yeah, <laughs> let's not get into that. Uh, I mean, gosh, what was it that James Reimer sequence where you had Sammy Vatnin making a shoulder save and yeah, Carey Price didn't have to do that kind right. of stuff because right. he just he was there in position and and then like you talked about the three guys in front of him on defense, you know, between oh gosh, and you Jeff know Shea Weber, Petrie. Petrie, those guys were just you know rock solid for yeah. him and, and Ben Sherrod even too. I mean, there's the, the third wheel in that, that a little equation, underrated so. Ben Sherrod. Yeah. yeah, he's won a cup and. Oh, right, he and it looked pretty good. So, yeah, he does. Uh, all right, well, who's uh, who do you got for this series? Gosh, you know what? I think the gas is running out. If if Montreal can't find a way to score goals, right? Because we talked about it. Um, you know, we'll talk about it a little bit more in our our show about um, you know the the preliminaries. But basically, Montreal had a hard time scoring goals, and if they have to rely on Carey Price and defense for you know the whole entire. The entirety of this series, it's it's going to be hard, right? Obviously, we know Philly can score and they can score a lot of goals, and then they can, you know, get good goaltending from Carter Hart. So, to me, I I got to go with Philadelphia. Um, two underrated moves for the Philadelphia Flyers: uh, getting Matt Niskanen, which I, I, I at the time I think a lot of people went, "Oh yeah, that's that's a good move for them," and uh, and obviously they they gave up Radko Gudis, who was kind of that sandpaper type of player also got himself into trouble here and there and I think Matt Niskanen really calms that right side down but then also maybe even more so the fact that acquiring Justin Braun back there has been a just a great move for the Flyers uh defensively much stronger than they have been in the past and uh and I think a very very dangerous team and really it's it's going to be the Carter Hart. Like how how does Carter Hart play those, those three games? In reality, they meant nothing, right? Because you could lose all of them, and the just same like St. thing Louis, happens. You but just, no yeah. one's dis, 
you know, discrediting them and thinking, oh, they're they're finished now. Right. Like, Same with Boston. Cares. Boston still they right. struggled, and and it's fine because those games meant nothing. Like, okay, the Flyers had had a great few games, but how much were those teams? Given it, and there's no real home ice advantage here either. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's no home ice advantage. I guess it would be that you know you do get the the line, the last change, and all that. The home teams are eliminated technically. So <laughs> yeah, yep. No more home teams. Everyone's an away team. Uh, but I I do like the Flyers in this one. I, I think that they'll uh, they will get past the first round. I, I I don't think that Montreal will be as big of a problem as they were for. The Pittsburgh Penguins, um, a little hungrier, is my guess. There you go. Flyers. I like that hungrier. A little hungrier. Yeah. Okay, let's go to Tampa and Columbus, a rematch of last year's swipage. This uh, has got juice written all over it. Just, it's going to be a juicy series. It is. I, I'm excited to see it. Um, I'm bummed that it's the series that we're seeing. I would have really liked. I, to, to be honest, as much as I like. The you know if I if I'm sitting back, I, if I'm not a Leafs fan and I'm just sitting back and I'm, I want to see the Leafs advance because Columbus is boring as hell. They're not fun to watch. They no that collapse too. Keep everybody style off and... to the side and just and five guys surround the net and turn their heads and hope that it hits somebody on on its way in and and oftentimes they do block it and it's just. It's just not that fun. A Tampa-Toronto series would have been more fun. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but nevertheless, an interesting rematch here. Uh, any difference that you see in Tampa Bay? We'll, we'll get to Columbus. We know Columbus doesn't have the same players as they did last year on, on the high end. But uh, Tampa, what, what do you think they, uh, the difference this year is going to be for them? All, I think this year they realized they can get beat by any team, right? I think last year maybe there was a little bit of cockiness coming in. Just, oh, gosh, we, we won 62 games. Like, I, I mean, I don't know you know, what the mood was what like. What are the or chances people, we're going to lose four? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think guys in the locker room were saying, okay, good. You know, these guys are a joke. Columbus is a joke. We're just going to go out and pummel them. I don't think at any point they were saying that in the locker room. But I, I think there was probably a little, you know, mentality, you know, in – in the way they play that says, okay, cool, we're not we're not going to sure. get swept by these guys. I don't think they ever thought that, and so they probably came out with their chest puffed a little little large, and this year it's going to be a little different, right? I, I don't think we're going to see a sweep again, obviously. I think Toronto's going to be a little, or Tampa's going to be a little bit more cautious and how they play their game, and, you know, really I think they've had a lot of time to really look back at that series and think, okay, what did we do wrong? What, you know, what was Columbus doing that really – you know, hampered us and really kept us from from winning. And I think they're gonna they're gonna look at all that film and they'll figure it out real quick. John Cooper's a real smart coach. I think he'll he'll go in there, dive in with the video and the the, the team there, and hopefully work it out. Because I don't want to see a, a sweep again. No, no, so. no. Well, and and we don't know yet, but Stamkos and Head, Headman uh, look like they might be missing game one at least. Right uh, now, a couple there. You know, it's a one nice thing is when you have a player who wasn't there the year before, like Barkley Goodrow wasn't there last year and Blake Coleman wasn't there last year. So a couple guys that weren't, and Kevin Chattenkirk wasn't there either. So you at least have some guys who weren't a part of what happened. Uh, you're coming in fresh. And those are two guys, 
especially Blake Coleman, that you're you almost like I I kind of forgot about him. Right. You know, <laughs> and he's somebody who actually can make a legitimate difference. He could score a couple goals in a series that could be the difference. And when you think Columbus, Columbus, like Blake Coleman, if we're talking, you know, who does Blake Coleman remind you of on Columbus? You know, you're thinking maybe like a Cam Atkinson to a, to a lesser extent, just slightly. I mean, Cam Atkinson is the only pure goal scorer on that team now. And uh, Blake Coleman just really has never been put in that situation to where he can be a top line <laughs> player. But I think that uh, that he he could probably score more than the twenty goals that he scored. But uh, Tampa Bay has players that Columbus has on their first line playing on their third line, right? <laughs> so you would you would think that they should be able to to make the push. Now in the nine games, I should say twelve games that he's played with Tampa, he actually has one assist. Uh, but I would. I expect that to change for him. Uh, I, I hope that they can find find a, a spot for him in the lineup. And with Stamkos out, uh, that could shift some guys around too. So I, I don't want to see Tampa eliminated here. I no. really don't want to. But Columbus plays in such a way that I think he, it causes other teams to squeeze their stick a little too tight. Is it going to happen twice? Like, are they real? Are they like still in their heads, or is it kind of like if we just relax, we could beat these guys? Well, listen. I mean, we 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 saw Pittsburgh and Washington for so many years, right? Pittsburgh just had Washington's number. Yeah, they just couldn't do it. And maybe this is that same kind of, you know, matchup where just Tampa can't get over that hump of Columbus. And you know, I, again, this is this hasn't been going on for as many years as that rivalry has, but, or it doesn't have that same level of distinction. But again, I, you know, Columbus's style play really hampers a lot of those fast paced, high scoring teams like this. And you really have to, you have to have good coaching, good depth to really get around this because Columbus is not going to try to outscore you. That's just not their style. And so I think if you're Tampa, again, you're, you're not trying to go fast paced. You're not going to try to, you know, really, you're going to, you're going to be patient because you have the, the skill set of guys, you know, depth wise to just really wait out Columbus and say, okay, if they make a mistake, we got guys even on our third line that can capitalize and score some goals. Yeah. So hopefully Tampa wises up. They don't try to play the same style they did last year. Um, you know, Stamkos and Hedman, if they lose them for a game or two in a seven game series versus, you know, these five game series, you can rebound from that. Um, you know, you got guys that can fill in, like you talk about a Shaq and Kirk can eat up some minutes now. Yeah on that back end and uh you know even a guy like Sergachev he's a year older right so yeah yeah you're gonna see that yeah ultimately maturity hopefully yeah hopefully I mean ultimately I I I'm with you I don't want Tampa Bay eliminated here I don't think this is a series where you know yeah I mean all in all I I still want to pick Tampa for this series yeah I want to but I'm I I I feel like I'm a little bit like I mean, should I just should I not pick up should I not pick against Columbus because every time I do <laughs> every time I do uh I I I I am going to stick with Tampa. I I I just think they're going to they're they got to get some revenge here. And I I think it'll be really tight. I think that it'll go mm, probably 6 games. I think they can they can pull it off in 6. I think also that that Leaf series, you know, they they went went into overtime two times. They've played three games. They played three games of four nights and they got one day off 
and they're going to play. I guess they'll probably play on Wednesday, right? But uh, they they have played some some hard fought games thus far, and uh, Tampa Bay is, I think, rearing and ready to go. I think Tampa Bay takes Game One, and that'll kind of set the tone for the rest of the series. Columbus will be playing catch up. Yeah, first game's going to be on Tuesday, so uh, 3 p.m. Oh, it is Tuesday. Yeah. Okay, it is Tuesday. 3 p.m. Eastern. First, first game on Tuesday? Yeah. So uh, the first game on Tuesday, and they just got done playing Sunday, and they also played Friday, and they also played Thursday. So they definitely, I, I know they've had sluggish. a lot of time off, but at the same time, a lot of time off can mean that a lot of games back-to-back uh, are going to exhaust you more because you're not in that mid-season grind shape kind of thing. Right. Uh, and I don't think we said how many games we thought not for the Philly, series, Philly. No. Yeah, if you want, we can throw that in. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll say that the Flyers are gonna win that one in uh, in six. Okay, I'll go five for Philly. Okay. Um, as far as the Tampa Bay series is concerned, um, I will say I'm still gonna stick with my Stanley Cup pick, picking Tampa to win. So ultimately, I do think they win this series. That's what you picked at the very beginning of the year. Yeah, yeah. I actually, yeah, I picked, uh, yeah, I picked them to go up against Colorado. So that's right. Um, However, I will say with the Tampa series, when I was filling out my NHL.com bracket, they were the only series in the op- in this official first round that I picked to go seven games. So I okay. think it'll go the distance. Okay. All right. That'll, that'll be fun. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's go to Washington and the New York Islanders. And for some reason, I'm just getting glimpses of 1993. Wow. I think it was 93 when uh, they went into like five overtimes together. Oh, yeah. That series. Pretty sure that was that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I hopefully not. I don't want to stay up that late. This series is real interesting to me because the Islanders are kind of that. Islanders are very similar to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Actually, I've got, I and I, but I do. I think they have a little bit better, better of a, of an upfront forward group in their top six. A little more talented, but they don't have the same type of back end that Columbus has. Like Seth Jones was so good in that preliminary round series Tampa a little bit or sorry New York Islanders are a little bit more do it by committee on on the back end and uh, I I think when you can when you compare those two teams uh, they they come out looking very similar and Washington might not fare well against that type of play yeah I um I will agree with you I do think you know when you look at the Islanders forward group. It's a lot of guys that like to grind. A lot, a lot of guys that like to go hard, but they do have a little bit more skill, right? They've got Barzell. They've got a right. Jordan Anders Eberle. Yeah, Eberle yeah. And Eberle seems to be built for the playoffs for some reason. Like, he's just, he's okay in the regular season. Playoffs, he just shows up. He And he did it, you know, obviously this past And Edmonton wouldn't series. know that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just the opposite. Because they never got there. Uh, yeah, congrats to Taylor Hall on first series ever win. But. Hey! <laughs> um, yeah, this this series is going to be very intriguing to me because I do think the Islanders, I don't, I don't know if I want to call them underdogs, but I don't think people are going to take them as seriously considering, you know, last year when we, we saw how poorly they played against Carolina in that sweep sure. of the series. I mean, I mean, in fairness, they beat the Penguins the, year before, right. the round before. So Yeah, but again, if, if you get into a scoring battle, is can the Islanders keep up with the Washington Capitals? Because we know Ovechkin, Oshie, Backstrom, Kuzi, sure. those guys can go out and put up points like crazy. You know, Verona, those guys will go up and, you know, put the goals up. But, you know, when you look at the type of system the Islanders play, I don't know if maybe Washington, especially because a lot of those, I mean, I hate to say it, a lot of those guys are getting older. 
now they're not relying on speed anymore, and you've got a fast team with the Islanders who like to shut it down. And, I mean, you look at it, right? Of the teams that played four more games, the Islanders gave up the second fewest shots against. When or Well, actually, I mean, in total, they gave up the fewest shots against. But um, Yeah. So, again, I, I don't know. Maybe the Washington Capitals can put up a few more shots than – you know they're opening around partner, but uh, yeah, I just this this one's got upset written all over it for me because I I think the Islanders do have an opportunity to shut down a team that maybe their window is getting, you know, closing. But the mm-hmm. Islanders are just like you know, I don't think they even have a Stanley Cup window right now. But they're like screw it, I don't care, whatever, we're just gonna go out and play. Yeah, you know? these two teams were two and two against each other in the regular season, so we're not getting much there. Right? <laughs> uh, not that that not that that uh, makes a huge difference come playoff time. I, I will say. J.G. Pajot has made a huge difference for this Islanders team. I, I think he was really good in the uh, in the opening preliminary round. Uh, he had three goals in four games, so he, he was definitely a, a spark plug on offense, and I expect that to continue. Uh, the Islanders are probably a better team than we make them out to be. It's just because they don't have that high-end, other than Barzell, which I think Barzell... On the one hand, you're like, oh, Barzell, he could be a, you know, a top 20 center in the league. But at the same time, you also go, okay, is he going to be a true number one long term or is he more of a really good second line center who could play first line center when you surround him with the right guys in the right system, which this seems to be the right system for him. Uh, and that's, that's I think, some of the question when it comes to, uh, to Barzell. So when I look at this series... Of course, if it's a super defensive series, then it's all Islanders to me. Like I think the Islanders could win the series in five games if if it stays in a very tight checking, low scoring type of affair. Uh, but if this series starts to uh, the goals start to pick up, goaltenders don't play as well, then advantage Washington big time. Uh, and we know that usually it's not one or the other. Usually there's a game here where it's more offensive and then there's some more defensive games. So I, I think with Washington's experience, because they have played a whole lot of different types of teams, uh, I think that they have the ability to push this one pretty far. I think they're going to go seven games again, but I do think that the Islanders are going to win in seven. Wow, in okay. Um, that's funny. I think you're you're copying my notes here because I I too have the Islanders winning this series because again I think this is going to be very tight, you know, hard kind of in your face series yeah. where I think you know maybe you know the Islanders right now are a little bit better built systematically, you know, if you get those low scoring games yeah. and ultimately I do think this is what I think they have a better coach. Yeah, absolutely, and he knows the team that he's playing on the other side. Absolutely, he does. So, which which played a huge factor in why I, I think the Islanders are poised to upset the Capitals here. All right. Uh, I'm going to go six, though. Not okay, seven. Okay, in so. six. Okay. Um, let's roll on to Boston and Carolina. I think the uh, the only team to sweep in the first round, Carolina, and the only team to, loo- to lose all their game. Well, one of two, two teams to two lose teams, all yeah. their game. Uh, the Boston Bruins. So... Carolina coming in here, probably feeling pretty good about their first round against the Rangers. Uh, the Rangers are definitely no Bruin. <laughs> they are very, very different. But I will say this. Carolina absolutely shut Artemi Panarin down. And if they can do that, 
to all three guys on the ice at the same time, Marshawn, Pasternak, and Bergeron, then uh, I think they, they've got, a, obviously, a good shot at beating Boston, who did not look good. Chara looked brutal. And uh, I just wonder, with Carolina's depth on defense, I don't think they really have to worry about that top line being out there against particular players. Right. Uh, they did it Especially if Dougie they get, Hamilton. If they get Dougie Hamilton back, then you're in a whole nother ballpark. They can just move the puck to their forward so well. Have so many puck movers on that back end. Yeah, that, that top line for Carolina, I mean, gosh. Sebastian Ajo was a beast in that opening series against the Rangers. And I think this series was one that I was more intrigued about than any other series with the Rangers and and the the hurricane, and then it was over quicker than any of them, which just was so disappointing because I was hoping to see the likes of Ajo and Aaron go, you know, go yeah, the distance. Yeah. Um, but again, when you look at Boston, right? They didn't really like you talked about Char not looking that great. They're a one trick pony in my mind. If their top line's not rolling, it's very difficult, you know, to get production from their other nine forwards. And you know, again, well, Charlie Coyle, Coyle is maybe the the straw that stirs the drink on right. that. That other line. So you can look at Coyle, Krejci, and think, okay, these guys are going to have to pick it up because I do think, again, when you talked about that depth on defense, Carolina can roll any one of their six guys out there against this top line, and I I wouldn't worry about it at all. And the way Carolina's built to go hard, fast, forecheck, and just go north-south, Boston, a lot of those guys like Krejci and Coyle, they're maybe not as speedy. They maybe don't get up and down the ice as fast as some of the guys in Carolina. And so, you know, They'll probably keep up for the most part, but if you have to start grinding it out, I don't know if the depth at the fourth position is going to be able to outlast the depth at the defensive position for Carolina. Yeah. And then the other question mark for me is to, you know, what Peter Morazic are we going to get? Because he looked good. He looked very good in the That's opening round. That's true. <laughs> and so did James Reimer for the one game he got in there. And so... You know, obviously, it I just think, kind of showed you how good their defense is. <laughs> right. Exactly. And that's the other thing. If they probably have the worst goaltending in tandem. the playoffs. Right. Yeah. I can't think of another team with worse a worse goaltending duo than Carolina. Right. Pre-playoffs, if you'd looked at every single team in here and looked at their goaltending, I'd say that's probably the one I want least. Right. I still feel that way, actually. Right. Yeah. Well. Because I think you could take any other goaltender and put them in that situation, and they would be a they would do better than either of those guys. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, again, and you looked at Mrazek's numbers. I mean, they were. They were pretty freaking good. So, which uh, I mean, yeah, you won three games. So in a sweep, usually your goaltender is going to play pretty well. Granted, uh, Chicago beat Edmonton in four games, and you look at both goaltender stats and <laughs> make you want to throw up. Yeah. So ultimately, um, there's there's a. I mean, that's the X factor for me is the yeah. goaltender for Carolina. If they can, if they can literally just as long as they get average goaltender, yeah, I think they win. I, and I think they win in like six games. Yeah, I'm I'm exactly there with you because I don't think Boston has the depth at the forward position to you know if they get into a scoring battle with Carolina to outscore them, and then I I again I think I look at that defense I I think Char is on his way out you know again we we talked about those opening round games and he didn't look very good, um, you know can they rely and, and on he Tory didn't Kirk really and, look I mean he hasn't looked great even last year in the playoffs he was exposed by Toronto's sure. speed I I think there's there's probably too much for the Bruins to overcome here. I think they I hate to, I mean I don't hate to say it cuz I don't really like the Bruins as a Leafs fan cuz they've tortured me, but 
I don't think that I think the Bruins are still, you know, there's for the next few years, they're still going to be a team that makes the playoffs and, and has the potential to go on a little run. But I don't think that they're, they're not the team to beat anymore no. in the East. They are, they're a team. Yeah, sure. Could they get hot? Could that top line go and and have an unbelievable series and beat anyone? Yes, absolutely. I, I don't see it happening here against Carolina. I think Carolina is too deep and Boston is uh, maybe just a, kind of showing their age a little bit. Yeah, it's 2020. We're going to have some, like, I mean, if something weird is going to happen. Yeah, and if you think about it right, if you see Washington, Boston, Pittsburgh all out by the first round, end of the first round, how weird of a playoff picture does that look like in the East? I mean, very strange. So 2020 right there. Yeah. Um, so I've got them in five. You've got them in how many games? I got them in six. All right. Six. Carolina in six. We are off to the Western Conference. We're off to Edmonton, where no Oiler is to be found. Uh, Let's start with the number one seed, the Vegas Golden Knights, going against the 23rd ranked team, the Chicago Blackhawks, the team that had uh, no business being in this spot. And here they find themselves. We said in the first round that uh, there's no way they could handle the Oilers. I think we said, I said it was the most likely series to be a sweep. And I was more wrong than I wish to admit. (laughs) I didn't pick a sweep, but I did I, not pick Chicago. I did say that it was going to be a very high-scoring series. At least I was right about something. There was like three things I said that actually happened. The rest, I'm not talking just that series. I'm talking about every series. <laughs> I I uh, I struggled with that first round. And you know, it's funny because when I go around and I look at different people's predictions from all over the internet, no one did very well. I mean, no one was picking... Montreal and Chicago, so that was kind of a auto zero and two. It was kind of one of those, you know, uh, Mason State or whatever George Mason. That's what I'm thinking. George Mason kind of brackets. Oh, NCAA where they just everything gets busted because there's a few upsets and right. and away we go. Um, yeah, this uh, this Vegas team they looked real good in the qualifier. Well, I guess in the in the round robin. And they take on the Chicago Blackhawks, who really looked like, out of any team that advanced to the next round, they looked like a completely different team than what they look like in the regular season. Yeah, I will say Duncan Keith looked about 10 years younger. And he played like 27 minutes a game still. Yeah. Which was Yeah, he looked amazing. fantastic. I mean, Kubalik, holy crap. He was he was lights out for this team. I mean, Kirby Doc looked pretty good. He looked like, you know, he looked like he took an off season, came back and was a little bit better. I mean, I'd say that Jonathan Taves, he showed up. And he's not necessarily a guy who's he's not always going to score goals anymore. He's not always going to have crazy points at the end of a series. But he definitely he won some key faceoffs. I mean, in this in the Edmonton series, he was fantastic. Seven, Seven points. points. Yeah. Dylan Strom looked like man that that deal that they made with Arizona that's looking like it's going to be a steal and Strom is uh, kind of coming into his own here and I really like the Chicago Blackhawks look wow I don't know if I'm going to say that like they're going to be able to beat the uh, the Golden Knights here in the first round but they look like they belong here yeah I will say they're going to definitely make it. A lot more interesting than I I figured any eight seed would, you know, in this this tournament here because they're twelve seed just technically yes. But NHL. I was reading and I was like four versus a six. 
what is this? Because of Boston, Carolina. It was like four and a six. What did I miss here? It was like, oh, this. Oh, okay. Yeah. They didn't like reseed. They, well, actually, on NHL.com, they did. Oh, NHL.com, I thought was well, well, somewhere they didn't reseed them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, well, I mean, I, why would you? But I would still give them the 12 and just slap it on there because it i mean it it's more fun. more of a badge of honor when you look at yeah, it like, it's, we're the 12 and we're there it's like ncaa you don't like reseed people and go right. oh it's the eight now no right. they're exactly. a 12 seed yeah so chicago just looks like they've they've been rejuvenated right this break did them i mean did them a whole hell of a lot of good so um you know you've got in normally i would have expected if Toronto, or if Chicago was going to beat Edmonton, I would have figured it would have been because Kane would have taken over the series and Corey Crawford would have shut everybody down. Not the case here at all. Kane Corey was, Crawford didn't stop much no, at all. He was he barely a you know below par goaltending. Granted, and, Kane still had a point per game, right? But <laughs> it's again, not like he was bad or anything. He wasn't lights out. He was still good, yeah. But he wasn't lights out, and it's because this team got scoring from every line they weren't just a one-trick pony and showed up and not only that but then their defense showed up i mean duncan keith four points in four games and they still managed to get some production from you know koku and you know connor murphy and you know look like they could they could roll out another pair besides duncan keith and whomever else he was playing with sure. yeah it's uh it is going to be a much better first round like if you told me a month ago, hey, Chicago is actually going to beat Edmonton, and then they're going to play Vegas. To be like, well, that's just—I mean, that's fun, but uh, they're going to get trucked by Vegas. I, it could be a tight series. I will say the one thing I am looking forward to, even though it was a short stint, I cannot wait to see Robin Lanner play Chicago. Yes, that will be fun. Yes, and uh, that is the biggest difference between this series and playing Edmonton right. for Chicago is now you have to face. A top a real 10 goaltender goal yeah. in the league, likely. You know? Not only that, I mean, granted, yes, it was, you know, a hiccup of a game for Marc-Andre Fleury, but still, if, if you're Vegas, you're still confident and comfortable oh, with yeah. going to Marc-Andre oh, yeah. if Robin Lanner falters or get injured. Yep. So if you're Chicago, just the opposite. I'm not touching Malcolm Subban. Your series is over with if you got to put him in net. So. I, I mean, Vegas knows all about that. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I. it would be tough to pick Chicago to win in this round and uh that pretty much speaks volumes is like i don't think i've seen anybody pick the chicago blackhawks to win this series which means i better pick the chicago blackhawks to win this series <laughs> because weird crap's been happening all year i think the chicago i i and i i sort of say that in like a i'm not saying it in a joking way i really mean i think the chicago blackhawks are going to beat the vegas golden knights all right. It's I mean, going to be insane. I will say they do have a chance. Some yeah. team is going to do this. Yes. Like there's going to be a team that everybody goes, oh, crap. They're in the second round. It always happens. But yet our picks usually don't reflect that because it's easier to just, you know, pick the better team, especially oh, if it's 1-8. Um, yeah, I'm going Chicago. All right. I love Chicago's it. Chicago's going to beat Vegas uh, and they're going to beat them in, uh, I don't know, uh, game-wise, Seven games. Seven. Okay. I think you're going to look at a game seven. And you're going to go, this, like, Chicago knows how to win these games. That's awesome. And then your Patrick Kane will have the hat trick and everyone will. I respect it. I mean, Chicago Blackhawks. I'm, that's it. That's my pick. Listen, if, if you can take down Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, hey. you know, I, the difference for me is Vegas isn't necessarily like, you know, Vegas we've is got better goaltending. Yep. Yeah. We've yep. got a depth at the forward position. We got guys that we can roll on three lines. So and they look good in the uh, first round or in the, yeah. in the exhibitions. They looked real good. And that's why I'm picking Vegas, but in six games. Okay. Um, 
Let's move on. Colorado, Arizona. Arizona shocks the Nashville Predators, but didn't shock us because we had Arizona winning. Indeed. Uh, One of the few I got right. Taylor Hall wins it. Yeah, me too. I was three and five in the first round. Uh, Taylor Hall wins his first series. And uh, I this series is going to be fascinating because Darcy Kemper was awesome. In that series against Nashville. What, he stopped 49 shots on that last game? He was fantastic. Ridiculous. He, I, I think he was the best. He was he was the best goalie in that first round. Even better than Carey Price was against the Penguins. I won't disagree with that. Because I think that like Nashville threw everything they had. Granted, their, their uh, high-end talent level isn't anywhere close to what Colorado has. But it was... Uh, Darcy Kemper has played fantastic. No, no doubt about that. He and Carol, Colorado is gonna have to figure out how to beat him. Nobody this entire year, nobody's really figured out how to beat him very often. Uh, and they were one and one against each other, so uh, we don't get much help there in the regular season. Yeah, Darcy Kemper uh, faced more shots than any other goaltender in that opening round. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, no shocker there, and only and 163 shots only gave up 11 goals. Fantastic. Um, yeah, I, and, and their offense played okay. Yeah, and it, you know it was funny. I was listening to an interview with Rick Tock, and they're talking about you know all all season long, right? They had uh, you know, or at least when the trade happened, they had Taylor Hall on the first line, Kessel on the thir- second line, and then Clayton Keller on the third line, kind of spread out those snipers a little bit because this is a team that doesn't you know isn't necessarily known for goal scoring and having a bunch of snipers, and now they they kind of have that you know those couple big names to score some goals, but. Um, he, he kind of mentioned, he's like, yeah, I don't know if we're going to do that again this series in Colorado because he said, look, you've got, um, you know, a team that's not necessarily going to, you know, try to shut you down defensively. They're going to go out there and they're going to go fast and they're going to go hard, you know, whereas, you know, Nashville more or less, I guess they might have tried to rely, at least his thinking was they were going to rely more on their, um, you know, their defensive prowess and goaltending. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, hey, it worked out well for Arizona in that first round. Um, you know whether or not they keep Hall and Kessel together. I, I, it, I to me, it, it really doesn't matter because to me the the interesting matchup is going to be down the middle where you've got you know McKinnon and Kadri versus whomever they put out there for Arizona. This is exactly why Arizona is definitely not going to beat Colorado. To me, <laughs> Colorado is just too deep. They they can move the puck so well. They're going to have possession the whole freaking time. Yeah, that's the thing possession right and so i think if darcy kemper has to go another series even if it's five games again or seven full games where he has to take on 200 shots it's, it's going to be too difficult yeah it's yeah too can difficult. you can you keep up that kind of production and you know they they say that you know ratna might be coming back again but he's not going to start regardless but you know um it, i mean it's nice to know that he's there but yeah, and if you're you're Arizona, right? Too, are you gonna OEL? Are you gonna put him out there for literally 30 minutes a game? Is he gonna be able to handle like right? They'll probably put OEL out there against the McKinnon line, and then that second line with Kadri, they'll probably roll out with Jarmelson and Goligoski. But I, I, again, when you start getting even deeper on this team, I don't think Arizona is gonna be able to. You know, it's even just too that, much. It's yeah, just too, it's too much. much. That defensive system, I just think it's way too much. It's gonna overload them. And this is a great start, though, for Arizona. Like, if they can build upon this, uh, then I think that they're in a good spot. I think that as much as everyone's angry at John Chaika, he has set them up for the future. And if they can somehow re-sign Taylor Hall or do something with that money to bring people in there and they can tell, like, better good players can tell that something good's happening there, 
I think that Arizona could be a destination spot. I mean, people love living there. Yeah. So it's only a matter of time before players start to flock there. At My least sister like lives there, loves in it. In their older, you know, you start to sign those 32 plus, you know, aged players. You can kind of build yourself a nice little niche down there and they can be a team that more consistently makes the playoffs, which is, you know, what definitely what builds a, a better fan base is, is the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going Colorado in six. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can't disagree with that. I, I have Colorado in five games. Okay. Ultimately, I think. It's just too much for Arizona. Okay. Uh, let's do Dallas and Calgary. The Dallas Stars looked uh, not great in the round robin, but that's just... I don't think they wanted to. I don't think they cared at all. It looked yeah. like they did not care <laughs> at all. Uh, they they knew... They, they didn't care who they played, because no matter what, they know they're going to have to shut people down. Uh, and the Calgary Flames, to me, in their, their series against... Uh, against Winnipeg, they showed how nasty they are. And Matthew Kachuk was uh, was a monster. Milan Again. Lucic showing up for Cheech, that series. Cheech. Look, looked good. And now they find themselves playing the Dallas Stars. I think that this is actually a series that Calgary could win. Uh, if they have, like, Goudreau finally, you felt like something was coming on with Goudreau when he scored. And uh, I, I think this team is trending in the right direction. Dallas, Dallas is another. They're the they're the Western Conference Columbus Blue Jackets, New York Islanders. They just happen to have these two guys that are incredibly good on the front end, Ben and more so Sagan. But they haven't exactly showed up this year on the scoreboard so much, and so I wonder. You know, this first round, Calgary might have a shot, but only if they get great goaltending. Because we know Dallas, I don't care. <laughs> but you and that, they'd have good goaltending. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. That was a backhanded compliment that was meant to be a better compliment than I gave you. Good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, we know Ben Bishop is going to shut the door and this team's going to lock it down defensively. So the question for Calgary is if they have to engage in those 2-1 tor- sort of games, can they survive, right? Can can Talbot give them the type of goaltending they need because, um, you know, he's going to have to do a lot better. Obviously, Winnipeg decimated by injuries. Yeah. Um, you know, they're going to have a much better center on their top line than Winnipeg certainly did with Adam Lowry there. Yep. So can you match up, right? And now, not only that, but I think this is the type of series where you're going to see Joe Pavelski show up. You know, it's his time to shine because he didn't look at it in the regular season. That would so, be nice. Yeah. That would be nice. And that would, that would change things for Dallas. I don't see that happening, though. Okay. He just does not look good, and it's not like he showed much in the round robin. Two goals, but... Again, are we going to get that? I mean, look, Dallas only had two guys in those opening round-robin games that scored more than a point. So your guys are going to have to produce. And, and again, I, I get it. Like, a lot of these guys didn't play a lot of heavy minutes. You know, you had Rupe sure. Hintz out there for 15. Yeah. He's going to see more time than that, you know, in this series. And uh, Miro Heiskin and those look good to me. Dallas is just one of those teams that I think you want to pick against all the time because they're, I, at least for me, I'm like, I don't want Dallas. I like Jim Nil, but I don't know what Dallas well, Jim, I mean, okay, yeah, but, so Dallas isn't a team that, you know, as a hockey fan, I want to see on the ice, right? As a just a general hockey yeah, fan that yeah. I want to go watch all the time. So, you know, you hope they lose, much like, I mean, much like Columbus. They're just yeah. not fun to watch. Right, right. And uh, But I would say I think, I think ultimately they probably will beat the Calgary Flames because uh, I think Calgary has been shown that they can be shut down rather easily when they come across a team that uh, – that can use their speed to move the puck. And ultimately I think Dallas will find themselves 
in the second round again. And I think they probably have to play a St. Louis Blues again. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> and that'll no. be a, a fun rematch. But I, I got to go Dallas. I'm going to say Dallas in seven, though. Okay. Could be a tight series. Yeah. I I think they can close the door, though. Their goaltending would just be too much. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this is going to go seven. However, I think Calgary wins. All right. Well. So All right. I got to pick one different finally. Good. Good. Uh, let's go. Last one, St. Louis and Vancouver. Vancouver, probably, like, to me, was the funnest, the most fun team to watch outside of Chicago in that first round. And Edmonton was really fun to watch, too. Uh, who gets 10 points in those... Isn't that how many points McDavid had? Ten points? Oh, he had nine. Nine points. Yeah. And they lost. That's sad. Uh, St. Louis Blues defending Stanley Cup champions against the newbies. Uh, The Vancouver Canucks, maybe the fastest team in the playoffs. Uh, What do you think? Yeah. Um, Listen, if it gets into a grind, which I know St. Louis wants to make it that way, Vancouver's really got no shot. Because if mm. if you got, I mean, don't get me wrong. I I love their speedy guys. Um, you know, Brock Besser, uh, Pedersen's great. However, if you get into a grind, I think Ed or I think Vancouver's really only got a couple guys that can really go the distance, and that's Bo Horvat and J T. Miller. Those guys will grind with you, and I really love them as secondary scorers or first line scorers, if you want to consider that them for Vancouver, because technically they're that's their top line, but. Regardless, um, this is a, a good learning experience for Vancouver. I think they're still young. They're still growing. You know, a guy like Quinn Hughes, you know, he's a he's a power play guy, and he's going to learn real hard, I think, you know, what it's like to face a team that can go four lines deep, five on five yeah. on you, and, you know, can he keep up? Ultimately, I don't, I don't think he does in this series. But, hey, if I'm wrong, that would be fantastic for Vancouver. Yeah. I mean, yeah. shoot, you know, they, they win this series. That'd be great. Um, ultimately, I think, you know, where I'm going with this, but – um, I just can't pick against St. Louis right now, being the defending champs. And defending the way they Stanley play, Cup champs, are they going to get knocked off by Vancouver? It's uh, It would be a very difficult ser- series for Vancouver to win. Uh, but ultimately, I'm going to pick Vancouver to win this series. Wow. We're going to have a new Stanley Cup champion. Okay. And uh, Vancouver is going to win this series in five games. Okay, I did. I picked five two. But, it's going to be a weird um, series. And yeah, a weird that's playoff. twenty twenty for you right there. Gotta but go. I, gotta go weird. Yeah, St. Louis and five for me. So, all right. Well, there are our picks for the first round. Uh, we'll uh, listen to our other episode on the NHL draft lottery, and uh, you'll hear our live reactions to the lottery. So, uh, enjoy that, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Follow us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk, and looking forward to the first round. 